Hello, I'm Mercedes and you are listening to episode 169 of Chat Disney. So welcome back to another episode of the Chat Disney Podcast. And I'm flying solo this week. And don't worry, Tash will be joining us at the very end of today's episode in our segment. But for those of you that are going to stay with me for the rest of the episode, I'm really, really excited because I'm going to be discussing my top 10 Disney Park shows. So these are the top 10 pieces of entertainment that I've seen in Disney parks and resorts from all across the globe. So hopefully there'll be some nostalgia in this week's episode for you. And hopefully, you know, you might pick up a thing or two. You might even hear about some shows that you didn't even know existed. So it should be a really fun exploration through some of the most magical moments that Disney parks have to offer. But before we head into all of that, let's have a very quick look at what's been happening in the world of Disney this week. So kicking things off with a little bit of Disney Plus news for you this week. And we found out that Disney Plus Day will be moving to September 8th this year. It normally takes place in November. And the reason for this is that September the 8th will lead us straight into D23, which of course is that very big expo that takes place every other year. And there should be lots of fun Disney announcements for us in store at D23 this year. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And in light of this, we have had our first look at the new trailer for Pinocchio which will have a Disney Plus Day release so you can expect to see it on the streaming service on September 8th and do stay tuned for the end of today's episode because Tash will be giving us her live trailer reaction to the brand new live action Pinocchio. A little bit of parks news for you all this week and we've had a bit of a teaser about the princess and the frog overlay that may be coming to splash mountain across all of the disney parks but we know it will definitely be coming to both of our american parks and basically what what was sort of let slip on a good morning america tv show very recently was that hopefully the princess and the frog overlay will be coming to parks in 2024 so not too much longer to wait for that really really awesome overlay that i'm super excited about and finally some star wars news for you all this week as well and we have of course had the first three episodes of obi-wan kenobi dropped on disney plus i'm up to date i'm absolutely so excited to talk about my thoughts and my opinions of this new disney plus tv show we're going to wait until all of the episodes have dropped so that we can keep the chat disney podcast a spoiler free zone but i am so excited to discuss this and if you are a big star wars fan highly recommend a listen of our friends over at force ghost conversations who are going to be discussing this in a lot more detail and a final bit of news for you this week again it's more star wars news star wars celebration 2023 so we've just had star wars celebration 2022 in california the star wars celebration 2023 next year is going to be held in London. You heard correctly, it's going to be over the Easter weekend, I believe. So if that is something that you are excited about, if you're living in Europe, living in the UK and a big, big Star Wars fan, this is not one to be missed. And that is pretty much everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now heading into the main part of today's episode, discussing my top 10 Disney park shows. (laughs) 
So this week, I am joined by a special guest. I have my mum, Lorraine, on the Chat Disney podcast, and we are going to be discussing all of our favourite shows from Disney Park. So welcome back to Chat Disney, mum. Thank you for having me so soon after I've been on here so recently. Yes, I know. We're spoiled. We're spoiled by your presence. So the way that this works, mum, I know you've listened to the top tens in the past. I've basically just compiled a list of my 10 favorite Disney parks shows from over the years. And these are from different parks and different periods in my life. And I thought it would be really nice to share this with you because most of the shows I would have watched with you when I was a little girl. Absolutely. That sounds like an excellent idea. There we go. A walk down memory, memory lane, as it were. So in 10th place, so my 10th favorite or my least favorite, depending on how you're looking at it, we have the Indiana Jones stunt show in Disney's Hollywood studios. And I believe this is actually still there, but I think we must have stumbled across it in our most recent Walt Disney World holiday, which was in 2012, I think. I thought it was earlier than that. I didn't think Morgan was with us or if she was, she was very small. Perhaps. I don't know. I don't know how long it's been there, but we've definitely watched it maybe a couple of times even. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I can vaguely remember it, um, but it feels like it was longer ago than 2012. Perhaps, perhaps. So the reason that I really like this stunt show is I think that Universal Studios are really good at that kind of behind the scenes magic. And we don't have an awful lot of it at Disney parks anymore. But this is a really, especially if you're an Indiana Jones fan, this is a really fantastic sort of movie making behind the scenes. It kind of gives me the same energy as the Cars show that they have in Disneyland Paris, but it's just a little bit more you know, Disney magic. It's Indiana Jones. I really remember the bit with the rolling ball, which is kind of iconic from those Indiana Jones movies. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like at the very end, there's like a plane or something that like crashes onto the set. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 it's, I'm like you, it's kind of, kind of vague. And it's funny, I smiled when you were saying that because um, that's the bit, the iconic ball um, and it was getting closer and closer and the person playing Indiana Jones, yeah, obviously was trying to escape it. But yeah, I vaguely remember that, a, a plane crashing, um, yeah. not physically crashing, but like the ruins of it being there and it just been very well moment, lots of fire and yeah. Yeah, definitely. And obviously Grumpy is a big Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones fan. So when we go to Walt Disney World this September, this is definitely one that we're going to be adding to our list of must watch shows. I think he will really enjoy it. And there's also a show, we saw it at um, Universal in Hollywood, Grumpy and I, in 2019. And it was Waterworld. And Waterworld was like a 90s movie that I don't actually think did very well at the box office. But for some reason, this stunt show at Universal Studios in Hollywood is so popular that they've actually just kept it there, even though not very many people have watched the film. Mm, interesting. Because, like, yeah, I've heard of Waterworld. So, yeah, that is interesting. It's weird, isn't it? Or something... Because didn't the mummy not do great and then the ride still exists? Yeah, I mean, the mummy is not a movie that I'm particularly interested in, but there we go. There we are. So Mm. I just mentioned my 2019 trip to LA and the next show that I have on my list is actually from that trip, which is 
very fitting. And I've got the World of Colour show, which is at Disney's California Adventure. Now, if Tash were on the episode with me today, I know that this would probably be in like her top three, if not in her top spot. So she'll probably be furious that it's only number nine for me. But hey, I do have it in there. The reason that I don't have World of Colour higher on the list is purely because the water technology that it leverages Again, it's this thing, we talk about this a lot on the Chat Disney podcast, where you're almost spoiled for choice. I've seen that used more recently and in conjunction with other things, and it will come Mm -hmm. up again on this list. But essentially what it is, is you've got that big lake in Disney's California Adventure with the big Mickey Ferris wheel just behind it. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of like water fountains and things that shoot up on the lake and they project iconic moments from Disney and Pixar movies onto the water. And it is lovely. It's world of color and they do sort of focus on different colors. So there'll be a blue section and it might be Dory swimming through the ocean and then it might be, you know, make it pink, make it blue from Sleeping Beauty. And then there might be a green section Mm -hmm. and they might look at you know, Tiana, Tinkerbell, Mike Wazowski, all the green characters. So that's kind of nice. And the music is lovely. But yeah, the reason I don't have it higher is because we've seen that water technology so much more now. Um, and mum, you've obviously not been to LA. So this is one that you're not familiar with. No, no, I'm liking the sound of it though, the colours and um, yeah, I would very much enjoy to see it. But yeah, it sounds interesting. It is nice. And I think because it's got that Mickey Ferris wheel backdrop, Mm-hmm. That makes it quite iconic, like that image of like the Incredicoaster and then that huge Mickey Mickey face yeah. on the Ferris wheel. It's quite an iconic backdrop. So yeah, it had to be had to be on the list. And the next one that I've got in eighth place, again, is another one that I think Tash probably would have in there if she were here today. So this is one from Shanghai and it was actually from the grand opening of Shanghai. So I don't believe it's there anymore. And one of the really amazing things about the storybook circus or not the storybook circus, the storybook castle in Shanghai is that it has a castle stage kind of built in front of it. So this castle was designed with shows in mind. It, it, it was it was literally, you know, part of the designs that they created. And there was a wonderful show for the opening of Shanghai Disney for the grand opening. And it was called the Golden Fairy Tale Fanfare. And it was lots of iconic characters, mostly Disney princesses. You had Snow White, Merida, I think, was in there. Definitely Ariel. But they all had these golden costumes. They almost looked like they were made out of butterflies. And the Mm. costumery, costumery, is that a word? You know what I mean. The costumes, the aesthetic was just very different from anything that I've seen in a Disney production before. And I'm, I'm sure I would have shown you pictures of that show probably when I got back from Shanghai Mm -hmm. yeah sounds amazing I would love to see that yeah it was it was really great and I I like sorry aesthetically pleasing again with the the same color theme not something you see with the princesses because obviously they have their own colors that's a very good point yeah because they're all in the golden Mm -hmm. it does create like this nice synergy between all of them and again that water technology was leveraged so when Ariel was singing part of her world or part of your world she was sitting on a rock with her sort of golden mermaid tail and then the water was shooting up as she was getting mm. to her crescendo so again, amazing yeah really amazing and, and cleverly sort of laying all these different elements that we love the water technology these iconic characters and these gorgeous costumes so that's why the golden fairy tale fanfares on there 
And then in number seven, I have a show and I'll be curious to know if any of our listeners have seen this one because it's an old Disneyland Paris favorite. And I want to say it's from around 1997. And mum, you'll probably remember better than I do. But it was on at the Frontierland Theatre. I think it's called the El Chapel Theatre or something in Disneyland Mm -hmm. Paris. And you probably know what I'm talking about already, mum. Pocahontas. Yes, Pocahontas. So this show was amazing. And I'm very fortunate that my dad was always that dad at school that had the camcorder and would record all the school plays and stuff. And he used to record our Disney trips. And we have footage of this Pocahontas show in one of our old home movies. So I really remember it. And I think the bit that really stood out for me was the opening. And they're singing that like, hey, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, and Pocahontas appears sort of on the top of a waterfall. And I think she even has like a little paddle boat and an oar that she kind of swims through the waterfall, or, mm. or not swims through, but takes the boat through with her. Yeah, it was amazing. It was um, the, I can't remember if it's beginning or the end, but the great big boat appears as well. John, um, John Smith's boat. Like the, it actually, I don't know how it comes in on rollers or something, but it looks like it's on the sea. And yeah, you're absolutely right. She does go in in her canoe. Um, but what was amazing was the water parts. Um, don't know if you remember that. I, as she's coming through, the water literally just parts away. It's like a waterfall. Um, yeah, no, that was an amazing show, and it was just I hadn't seen anything like it with the the water effects and um I don't know if you're going to say about the end bit when you were running around chasing things oh yeah I did remember that actually so <laughs> and there were multicolored sort of colorful leaves that they had going around the audience so kind of like if you went to a West End show and there's confetti going around the auditorium at the end but it was the leaves and yeah I remember I wanted one of each color so I was kind of on my hands and knees <laughs> trying to collect these leaves and I had them I used to when I was a little girl I had a special drawer I still have a special drawer and the special drawer had all my like programs and things from theater trips in and I remember the leaves were in the special drawer for a really long time yeah and they did the um they went up into like a like a little whirlwind initially around her so again so so clever how they created that effect I don't know and then obviously they blew out into the audience it was amazing Yeah. And I remember, again, I think it must have been in the late 90s, early noughties when that Pocahontas show ended, they replaced it with the Tarzan show. And that was really good as well. And recently they haven't had, they they, they have had the odd sort of medley of shows. I know there was an autumnal kind of themed show a few years ago, and I think Merida was in it and a few others, but I'd love to see, you know, an Encanto show on at that theatre or, Mm -hmm. you know, another dedication to another movie. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It was it was just yeah, it was wonderful. And as I say, one of the the best shows. Um, and they've got they've obviously got all the the things there that they could do so much with. It can be versatile to use it on other um, movies. And yeah, it was a lovely theatre as well. Good size as well. Like there was you know quite a crowd could pack in there. Yeah, they very rarely use that theatre now. It's it's a shame, but anyway. And sticking with Disneyland Paris in the nineties. The next one on the list, so this is my sixth favorite show or entertainment from a Disney park. I have got the wonderful world of Disney parade in Disneyland Paris. Now, this parade for me is probably 
the most iconic Disney parade that I have ever seen. And the Wonderful World of Disney Parade was on in Paris for quite a long time. I did catch it quite a few times. And if you're sitting at home wondering what this parade is, all I need to say is just like Alice, I'm in Wonderland, whatever the words are, I've forgotten. Take my hand, just like Alice, you're in Wonderland. I think that's it. Dancing a catchy rhythm. Hey there, hi there, ho there. It's this parade. So it started with that gigantic steamboat Willie float, which is absolutely amazing. Mick and Mickey and Millie. Mick, Mick and Millie, they're our relatives. <laughs> Mickey and Minnie um, at the helm of, ste- of Steamboat Willie. And I remember the big Dumbo float as well with all the clowns. And I remember they'd paint your nose with gold paint. There's a lot less interactivity with the Disney parades nowadays than they used to be. They often used to sort of get kids involved and that sort of stuff. But for me, that dancing a catchy rhythm song, those floats, I mean, the name of the parade was the wonderful Mm -hmm. world of Disney. And I think it perfectly encompassed the wonderful world of Disney. For me, it's the ultimate Disney parade. Absolutely. And even when you're saying it, that drum beat at the beginning, hearing it starting, it just sends shivers up my spine like in a good way. It's just, yeah, it's just amazing. And yeah, it, well, yeah, it was incredible. And as you say, that's such an iconic song that the minute you say the lyrics, you just know what song it is. You can hum it in your head. Um, probably because we went on a bounce of going a few years consecutively, so we got used to it. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, that that drum roll at the beginning, it just yeah makes me really super excited and happy thinking about it. And I think we actually bought the CD, didn't we? Of dancing. We did. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to have a look at the CD cupboard. Not that I ever play CDs anymore. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we did because we loved it so much. Yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. I can't really remember any of the other floats. I think there was definitely like a big jungle book moment. Yeah. And I remember um, probably because my my late mum, your beautiful grandmother and grandfather were there and um, we went with your cousins and no cousin Morgan wasn't Morgan and Nathan weren't born then and um because Danny was in a wheelchair she got to sit in the accessible area and I think that's why we were more accessible to clowns and I remember them painting you were sat on Danny's lap you and Millie your cousin and um yeah the, the clown came over and painted both of your noses gold um but I yeah I can't really remember that I obviously remember that so well um yeah, not really remembering a lot more about it other than the song and the dance. I think that that bell and beast float was in this parade yes, where it's like it a was. gigantic yeah. beast and he sort of has his finger pointing down and she swirls yeah. and dances around him. Uh-huh, yeah, that's finger. definitely there, yeah. I think that was in that one. But yeah, my memory is like a little bit foggy, but definitely if you're curious, if you didn't catch this one in the late 90s, definitely go onto YouTube and type in Wonderful World of Disney Parade, Disneyland Paris, because someone, some fantastic hero will have filmed it and uploaded it to YouTube for you to enjoy. And that song, even if you didn't catch that parade back when it was out, I know that Tash, I don't think, saw that parade at the time, but she knows the song. It's kind of iconic within the Disney community. So go and check it out. It's on Spotify. It's just called Dancing a catchy rhythm and it's I think the ultimate Disney parade song and actually the only parade that I've got on my list today so you know mm. it, it stands out for me as a special one 
So heading into the top five, we are halfway through the list. I've got a fireworks show here. So this one is another Disneyland show. So one that I saw when I was in California. And this is Mickey's Mix Magic. Now, Mickey's Mix Magic, again, is one that even if you haven't seen the parade, lots of people are very familiar with the music. It's the come on, everybody, get your ears on. It's a good, 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 good time. And this for me was honestly one of the most wonderful fireworks shows that I've ever seen. Grumpy loved it. The way that it worked was they basically mixed iconic Disney songs with jazz music. So you had these kind of, I think there's actually an, I think it's like electro jazz or something. If you go on like SoundCloud, there are people that create these mixes and that's why it's called Mickey's Mix Magic because it's a mix of these songs. And the final thing that happened, we had this kind of like swing jazz instrumental version of like the Aristocats that went into Jungle Book. You can really imagine how that may have sounded. And then at the very end, we have this almost techno version of Let It Go. It kind of sounded like you're in a club. It was like, let it go. It's like boom, 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 boom in the background. And all of a sudden, and you've heard me tell this story on the podcast many times before, I looked over at Grumpy and the pair of us were surrounded by snow. And no, it was not real snow. It doesn't tend to snow in LA in spring, but they had created this amazing special effect so that Let It Go came on. It was the final song and it began to snow in the middle of Fantasyland. And it was absolutely glorious. I think one of the other reasons that I really like this show is because they do the projections onto the castle, but they also project onto Big Thunder Mountain. They also project on It's a Small World. So you've not got everybody crammed into one area. You can stand anywhere in the park and you're going to see the projections, you're going to see the fireworks and you're going to hear the music. And I really think they need to bring that technology into all of the Disney parks, especially after a pandemic, because no one wants to be huddled up and crowded outside Cinderella Castle in the middle of the fireworks. So you know, give us the choice, spread it out amongst the park. And then there's lots of different viewing areas, which I think makes this more enjoyable too. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a very sensible idea. Definitely. Heading into number four, I've got another castle stage show. So this one again is nineties, but we're going way, way, way back to the very early nineties. And this is a Disneyland Paris classic. And I am of course talking about the storybook show at Disneyland Paris. Now, is this story back book show the most innovative show I've ever seen? No. Does it use the best technology? No. But is it just like pure whimsy and Disney magical goodness? Absolutely. So the way that this worked was Sorcerer Mickey came onto the stage. There was a giant storybook behind him and using his special magical powers, he opens the storybook and out pop different Disney characters to tell a little piece of their tale and mum you probably remember this one clearer than I do because I was really really mini when we watched this one Mm. can you remember which stories were in the show yes well not all of them actually the one I remember very well was Cinderella um because the mice um and um and they're at the auberge to Cinderella aren't they as well um but yeah I remember Cinderella um 
Sleeping Beauty. So yeah. I remember the wolves. I remember the, the wolves. They're the only two I really remember. They might be the only two. Oh, Snow White. Snow White. Snow White because yeah. the dwarves. I think, was, I think it was just three. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was the three. It wasn't a very long show. No. And it was the three kind of original princesses, right? They're the ones. Yeah. Snow White's yeah. the first princess, Cinderella, yeah. Sleeping Beauty. And at that point, you have to remember this was the early 90s. Mm-hmm. The only Disney princesses at that point. Yes. Yeah, of course. Snow White. Yeah. Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Ariel Bell and Jasmine. That was yeah. it. This was pre the Pocahontas show. So yeah, absolutely. They were yeah. the only princesses. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a wonderful a wonderful show and I still crave for it now whenever I walk past the castle. I just think why is that not on? It was just so lovely and beautiful and just to me what what Disney is really, um especially you know, they were the only princesses that I grew up with. And, that you know, it was, I think we've spoken about this on here before. You certainly have about, I could only see a Disney film when it came out of the cinema about every seven or 10 years. So I remember going to see Sleeping Beauty, um, not when it came out, because I don't think I was even born then, but as a little girl with my my mum and dad, oh, just my mum. But yeah, just just so lovely. And as you say, it wasn't particularly innovative, although I don't know, early 90s, a massive storybook where the pages actually turn. It was quite, I hadn't seen anything like that. So actually, of its time, it was, and some of them came out of the book, but they didn't all come out of the book, did they? So again, it was very, very magical. And it was just the the air of, the it was the twinkling sound. I'm doing it, Mickey doing his hand over and his wand and then the page turning. It was, yeah, just lovely and beautiful. And then it was, it was kind of a static parade in somewhere, not parade because it didn't have any floats, but so you'd have, um, I think they, I think maybe the princesses came out of the book. I can't really remember, and it was like a pop-up book as well. So some of the scenery was there as the book, um, and then um, yeah. So I think some came out, or maybe none of them came out of the book because it was like a pop-up book. But then the dancing was was obviously what we we learned to expect from Disney, and the, you know, like the parade dancing. I can particularly remember the Sin- uh, Sleeping Beauty waltz. Um, and the dance is just looking so beautiful. And, and again, you got really up close to them because we always got a good seat. We always sat near the front because, you know, we, we knew to do that early. Um, so seeing them up close, probably closer than you actually saw them on the parades as well. Yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful. Bring yeah. it back, Disney. It was a great show. And yeah, I, I remember some of the characters definitely did come out of the book. And I remember the Cinderella section that you speak about. I think that actually opened the show. You had the mice running around frantically mm. singing Cinderella, Cinderella. And then yeah. she came out and sang A Dream Is a Wish Your Heart Makes, but in French. Yeah. Yeah. And then it went into Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, and they actually did the transformation from her rags into her ball gown in front yes. of you. Um, I think it was through a trapdoor, but yeah, it was it was really amazing. Yeah. And the really sad thing about this show is, Mum, can you remember what they replaced it with? Winnie Lasseau. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh. So Winnie the Pooh. He replaced, there was a Winnie the Pooh show on that stage, the castle stage in Disneyland Paris. It was there for so long like like 10 12 years I want to say yeah and it wasn't it was okay like the first watch but it wasn't magical um and didn't they still have the storybook but it was just open or something or they used some of the scenery scenery, yeah Yeah, the trees seem to be yeah yeah and it's a real shame because again we don't see this stage 
really utilized very much in Disneyland Paris. I, I saw a Disney Disneyland Paris happy 25th birthday show there mm-hmm. and it was Max Goof and the Fab Five, I think. But Max Goof was like the main attraction because he's quite a rare character. And there was also a Disney princess for the princess and pirate season a couple of years ago, I think pre-COVID. There was a princess show there. And again, they'd done something clever with the costumery. Is costumery even a word? I'm, I'm going to own it. It's a word for the purposes of today's <laughs> episode. And each of the princesses wore their iconic outfit, but they were almost like neon colored. They were very vibrant. Mm-hmm. And again, it was just to sort of tie them all into each other to give them a similar aesthetic. So yeah, we do see that show or, or that stage, I should say, optimized on occasion for sort of mm-hmm. special events and special seasons and that sort of stuff but there's not been like a long-standing show on that stage since Winnie the Pooh which I think is a real shame absolutely and it's such an iconic place as well it's right in front of the castle um yeah it is a shame and it wasn't it wasn't a massive seating area because of where it was but it was yeah it was just lovely and beautiful and yeah they should do and yeah bring back the storybook one or something similar Definitely. Right. We're heading into the top three now. So these are my three picks for the best Disney shows ever. And that's a pretty bold claim. And now I'm wondering if I perhaps should have reordered this list. But hey, we're sticking with it. And we'll kick off with number three with the bronze medal. So I'm going for more of a theatrical stage show with this one. And again, this is one that I was really lucky to watch on my 2019 trip to LA. And this was actually in Disney's California Adventure. And I am, of course, talking about the Frozen musical. And I absolutely loved this. It's only about 45 minutes to an hour max. So it's mostly just the songs from the first Frozen movie. There's not very much dialogue because obviously they need to keep the pace of the show moving. They have a few different screenings each day. And Grumpy and I actually watched this show twice. And you might be thinking, Mercedes, that's evil. You forced this poor man to watch this show twice. But actually, it was him. He said, shall we watch that Frozen show again? Because he enjoyed it so, so much, which is just testament to how wonderful this show is. And obviously, it's in LA. So the actors and actresses that they can call upon to perform in this show knows no limits because you're in Hollywood, right? You've got all the singers, all the actors, all the performers at your doorstep. And what I would actually say about this show that I think lots of people probably wouldn't believe me, but honestly is the truth. I have seen Frozen the Musical in London's West End and I've seen this Disneyland version in California. And honestly, I would say the California version was better. And I know that sounds crazy, but I think because it was condensed, it only had the best songs in. The performers were as good as you'd expect in the West End. And you're at Disney anyway. So it's just a part of a really amazing day. So, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by this show. And it was by far the best live singing I've ever seen in a Disney park. Oh, wow, what an accolade, because I also saw the Frozen um, musical and absolutely loved it. And I felt that the live singing was actually better than the original. Um, so that is an accolade. And I wish I had seen that too, or get an opportunity to. That sounds yeah. amazing. 
It was amazing. And prior to Frozen, they had an Aladdin show there, which I wasn't lucky enough to see because I've only been to California the one time and I would have loved to see the Aladdin show. I know that Tash saw it when she was a teenager and they had an actual flying carpet. And again, it was live singing. It was, you know, dances. And it, it does make all the difference. You don't see that much live singing in Disney parks, but luckily that is something that, as I say, Hollywood, perfect place for it. You've got all the stars. So yeah, if you are in DCA or any Disney park anytime soon and there's the opportunity to watch a show with live singing performances I would highly highly recommend you give that one a watch Mm. right top two the big guns so number two I think that when I think about Disney parks and entertainment the most iconic type of Disney entertainment for me at least of fireworks. You can't beat the fireworks. It's the way that you conclude your Magic Kingdom or your Castle Park day. It is Disney. It's quintessentially Disney. So I had to have a fireworks show in there. And I've actually picked Disney Dreams at Disneyland Paris. So this show was on, I want to say like the late noughties, early tens. It was the show that was on prior to the one that's on at the moment. And it told the story of Peter Pan who had lost his shadow. And it was absolutely wonderful. The storyline made perfect sense. You've got Peter Pan's lost his shadow. And I think he'd lost Tinker Power at the beginning. Because I know Wendy had a line where she was going, clochette, clochette. And then the idea is that Peter was going in and out of all of the different Disney movies, trying to find his shadow. And then at the end of the fireworks, he's reunited with it. And it was great because it opened with Tinker Bell. And for me, again, I just associate Tinkerbell with the fireworks. I love the old Magic Kingdom fireworks in Orlando where Tinkerbell actually used to fly off the top of the castle. I mean, what's more impressive than that? So yeah, I picked Disney Dreams. It's an old Disneyland Paris fireworks show and I highly recommend you give it a watch if you've not seen it before. I've seen this one, haven't I? Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's the one where the sandcastle collapses down, isn't it? I think that one was actually in Orlando, but I think they did a similar thing. So I think what you mean, mum, because we spoke about this to death recently on the Disneyland Paris episodes, it's where they use that clever projection technology on the castle, but they do it in such a way that it actually makes the castle look like it's moving. Yeah, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, it looks like the castle is made out of sand and then it looks like it all falls down, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen anything like it. It was incredible. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I really do miss some of those older fireworks shows. And, and, you know, the technology they have nowadays, they incorporate things like the water technology, they incorporate things like the fireworks, and that's all great. But, you know, the good old fashioned classic fireworks, you can't go wrong with a good firework display at Disneyland. And I, mm. I don't think they use enough actual fireworks in the fireworks anymore. So I, mm-hmm. I definitely think bring back some of those older shows. Definitely. Okay, well, that brings us to our final Disney show. And, Mum, do you have any ideas what I picked? I'm just trying to think. No, no. When I tell you, you'll kick yourself. (laughs) Oh, not um, Little Mermaid. Not The Little Mermaid. I think The Little Mermaid might make an appearance next week on The Worst (laughs) Ten. Oh, I liked that show. Finding Nemo? Oh, I forgot about Finding Nemo the Musical. I'm an idiot. I definitely should have had that in here. 
well, you, that we'll have an honourable mention of Finding Nemo the Musical at Disney's Animal Kingdom because that is, again, one of these amazing live singing performances that can rival the Frozen show I just sung about, sung its praises of. So, yeah, okay, honourable mention goes to that amazing Finding Nemo musical. I totally forgot about that. So, no, it's not that. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think. I'm, I've gone blank. It's okay. I, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. <laughs> so I wonder if any of our listeners at home can guess what it is. It's a show that is very famous. It's in Walt Disney World and in Disneyland in California. And it is, of course, Fantasmic. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Fantasmic is my favorite Disney show of all time. There are differences between the Disneyland version and the Walt Disney World version. If I had to pick one, probably pick Disneyland in terms of the actual show because you've got that amazing Pirates of the Caribbean moment and that incredible Maleficent that actually breathes fire. But in terms of overall experience, I would actually pick the Walt Disney World version purely because it's in an amphitheater that's actually been designed for the show. So it's a little bit more comfortable than in Disneyland where Fantasmic literally takes place on the river in Frontierland and you're sitting on the floor quite different mm, yeah yeah because that, that amphitheater was lovely with all the seating and yeah no of course I should have known that was number one it's an amazing amazing show yeah and it's got something for everyone it tells the story of Mickey who's been messing around again and I, I think he has a nightmare doesn't he and he sort of goes into his nightmares and all the villains from all the classic Disney movies start to appear and you've got the snake. I think it's is Jafar. I think isn't it in the yes. world version? Yeah. That giant, giant, yeah. snake, terrifying. And you've also got the really lovely romantic part where yes. boats go round, and you've got the princesses. All the princesses, dancing. yeah. Yeah, and I can't, they can't have had this when we were in Orlando because it's, the film didn't exist, but there's a Tangled moment in the Disneyland version that I saw. I don't know if they've added this to the Walt Disney World version and Flynn and Rapunzel are spinning around on the boat and actually a lantern, it it looks like it's flying up onto the tree. It's just a bit of light. It's very clever. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's that. And at last I see the light and obviously they're on the boat and it's it's just very, very nice. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. And then, of course, it ends with the most iconic part, which is that big white boat full of Disney characters. Yes. Fans and it and it gave us one of my favorite YouTube clips of all time, which is when Dopey falls off and lands on (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I just love Fantasmic and it had to be my pick for the best Disney show. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was yeah, I was silly not to remember that because that that was one hell of a show. Yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. There we go. Well, that concludes our list for the top 10 Disney shows and entertainment around the world. Did your favorite make the list? If it didn't, let us know. You can reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter is at chat Disney, or you can find us on Instagram. That's wrong. The Instagram's at Chat Disney. The Twitter's at Chat Disney UK. I, I can't do that without Tash, I'm afraid. It just doesn't quite work. So please do let us know. And as I say, if your favourite wasn't on the list this week, perhaps it will be on next week's list, which is going to be our least favourite Disney shows and entertainment of all time. So a very big thank you to my mum for joining me on this little exploration today. I hope it was fun. Yeah, as always, thank you for having me so soon after being on before. And thank you to your listeners for always being loyal and listening in. 
there you go. I couldn't have said it better myself, but that's not all. Do stay tuned because we're now going to head into the final part of today's episode. And it's a little look at the live action Pinocchio. Well, what are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. Okay, so I am about to check out the newly released trailer for the live-action Pinocchio, which is coming to Disney Plus uh, later this year, I believe. Um, I don't know much about the film at the moment. I haven't seen the trailer. Um, We know that Tom Hanks is starring in it as Geppetto, which I'm very excited about. I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan. I think he's going to be very good in the role of Geppetto. Um, I don't imagine we're going to see an awful lot in this trailer because I believe it is a teaser trailer. But um, yeah, I'm very excited. Let's check it out. Here goes. Of course, I forgot it was directed by Robert Zemeckis. So again, huge fan of him. Okay, we're getting a good little glimpse of Tom as Geppetto. So, didn't give too much away. I'm still very excited about this film. Okay, so I think Tom Hanks as Geppetto looks perfect. I think he's going to be very, very good in that role. Um, We've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. Didn't really get too much of a clear glimpse of Jiminy in this trailer. Um, I wasn't overly enamoured with what I saw. And again, with the animation of, of Gideon and... Um, whatever his sidekick is called, I can't even remember. Um, Honest John, that's it. Um, the animation of them didn't look great, um, if you ask me. But again, it was only a fleeting glimpse. Um, we didn't get any look at Pinocchio at all. Um, and I think all we've seen of him so far is that kind of silhouetted image of him on the movie poster. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure what he's going to look like. But yeah, so far, I'm very intrigued. I'm not concerned at all at the moment. Um, but I can't wait to see what the next trailers bring when we start to get a little bit more um, footage of the movie and a bit more of a sense of if it's going to be very, very similar to the original or if they've kind of diverged from that at all, if we're going to get any sort of new story or or new scenes put in, things like that, any new characters. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited so far. 
So that pretty much concludes today's episode. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to Mercedes and her mum talking about their favourite Disney shows. Mercedes and I will both be back next week talking about the worst Disney shows. And you know we love talking about our worst things when it comes to Disney. So do make sure you stay tuned for that. We will be back same place, same time next Monday. Bye for now. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.